Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Katherine Miller. Divorce Dialogues brings expert guests to the airways to talk through your divorce questions and fill in the gray areas about separating. From thinking about divorce, to how to behave during divorce, to what to do after, this is Divorce Dialogues. Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Catherine Miller. I'm the founder of the Miller Law Group and director at the Center for Understanding and Conflict. And I am on a mission to change how people divorce and help them divorce with dignity. And I'm excited today to welcome Robin Gardner. She's a CDC certified divorce coach and a certified professional coach with over 17 years in practice. She's also the founder of Divorce Coach Robin and Phoenix Life Mastery. Robin helps her clients manage the business of divorce and their emotions, saving them money, time, and energy. And she shows her clients how to avoid the most common mistakes in divorce, reduce conflict, and make informed decisions that benefit them and their children. Welcome, Robin Gardner. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Hi, Catherine. Thank you so much for having me here today. And I'm just really excited to share the strategies that I offer with your audience so they can, you know, benefit and get some peace of mind. And I know in the work that you do, you've developed more than 20 strategies to help make the divorce process easier. And I think that today you're prepared to talk about eight of them. So maybe we should just jump right in and start talking about some strategies to help make the divorce process easier. What's the first one? Okay. Well, you know, after speaking with everyone, you know, there was like several areas of concerns that they've had. So the way that I've come up with these strategies is because based on their main concerns, I felt that we can address them with these different points. So the first one is to connect with your best self and limit the power of the ego. So the best self is really your highest good and its origin is love and it makes decisions based on love rather than fear for the best outcome. Everybody wants the best outcome so it's important to try to listen to this part of yourself. Now, it doesn't mean that it's the part that's a pushover, because some people think that, but it's really your source of inner strength and personal power. Now, the ego, on the other hand, is the part of your personality that is judging. And so the ego is going to judge you and your spouse. And it also likes to control things. So we all know that when you're trying to control it too much, it can create resistance between, you know, the both of you. So it can actually stall the process somewhat and you can feel stuck by it. The other thing the ego can generally do is it causes you to go to extremes. So you can either be like overly critical of yourself or too confident. So you do definitely need your ego, but it just can misguide you. So just keep it in check and just don't let it control you. A lot of people think that, you know, if you lead with your best self and you take the high road or, you know, that that does, as you say, make them vulnerable. And it sounds like what you're saying is really that's what makes you strong. And frankly, that's what I think also. And it's this sort of judgy ego that that can sort of play to your fears and really trip you up in getting the best result. Is that right? Totally. Correct. Yes, exactly. And the thing is, your best self actually looks for solutions that are reasonable and fair for everyone. That's what you want to be able to do. People, they, you know, they're, they're on a mission to, you know, want to win out at all costs. And that doesn't serve you. You know, it doesn't serve anyone because it really doesn't create a smooth process. And 
there's no winners in divorce here. <laughs> it's like, you know, everybody has um, their fair share of what, you know, they need to do to get through divorce. So, but the thing is, you know, it's troubling. It's hard for people. They say, like, how do you connect with this part of yourself, you know? And what I say just really requires you to be present in the moment, not scattered. So it's just like feeling your body centered. So if you like feel your feet in the ground and take a few deep breaths and just connect with yourself. And then when you're in this state of mind and you just feel very present, that's the time like if you have, if you need clarity on something, you ask yourself a question, you know, like you can ask, say, what would love do? And listen to your inner voice, you know, in telling you, sharing, like, what you think, how you can proceed with something. Because when you're being your best self, you literally, you know, you personify respect and dignity. And that's how you want to conduct yourself. Yeah, I think that's very wise. And it really helps you, I think, feel better than later on about yourself and how you comported yourself during the divorce negotiation, which is about yourself, not about the other person. Right. Right. And it just makes it easier for the whole family. You know, you want to do your best with your children and this is going to make it a better situation for them as well. So the second strategy and the blame game. So this is a big one. (laughs) Really want to stop blaming the other person, you know, for something that you think they did, whatever that may be. Blame is a common reaction, but unfortunately, it just creates, you know, a toxic environment that really doesn't serve anyone, doesn't serve any purpose. And there's usually a combination of factors that contribute to divorce anyway. You know, it's rare that it's totally 100% one person. So blame is just disempowering as well. So it's going to keep you in a victim position. And it's going to continue to perpetuate the conflict and the discord. And, you know, it keeps this pattern of negativity, which is, again, going to make it harder to move on and proceed, you know, with anything, proceed with negotiations. I can imagine, Robin, that people are out there thinking, yeah, but it's his fault. You know, she did this. He did that. And if if I'm not blaming them, then do I have to blame myself? What do you say to those people? Right. Well, you know, there's always, you know, your story, their story, and somewhere in the middle is the truth, right? There's contributing factors. There's a lot of contributing factors that go into why the marriage didn't work. But, you know, you can, you can't do anything to control what they did. The only control you have is what you do, your attitude and your actions. And that's the only way that you can get through this because you need to just be able to work on what you can work on and make changes where you can. So it's like you you can say you can feel all the feelings associated with what they did to you. That's fine. Feel those feelings and then go over it and then do the work of divorce which is and the healing, which is looking at what you can do yourself to change the situation moving forward. So only, I mean, you, you you can only control yourself, not them. So you can't control what they did, but you can influence and control your reaction. Correct. Correct. Yeah. All right. What's the next so, strategy? So the third one is to define your needs and meet them with your new self. 
So most likely in your marriage, it was hard to get your needs met. And that's probably why, you know, you're getting divorced. But if you're not used to having, you know, your needs met, what can happen is it can confusing and hard to know what you truly need and how to meet them. So, and the feelings associated with divorce and its impact will also have you questioning your identity. What happens is you're now single after being part of a couple and you're kind of, you really have to explore who you are today and what matters most to you because you can't follow, you know, the old script that you were using. So what has to happen is you literally have to take time to rewrite your story and, and identify with what you value now. And when you can get in touch with this, it's how you get in touch with your new self. I was going to ask you how you help people do that, and I think you were going to tell us. Yeah. So, okay. So with some of my clients, I do a values assessment. And I worked with a client that was unhappy with, you know, many areas of his life while he was going through his divorce. And he wanted to take some action steps and make changes that would help him gain satisfaction in these areas. So I used the Wheel of Life assessment tool, and we addressed different areas that he wanted to improve. So we worked on, like, spirituality, there was relationships, work, family and home life, fun and enjoyment. He was able to increase his satisfaction ratings from number twos and threes to doing some eights and nines in some of these areas of his life. This is a great opportunity when you're going through a divorce to really get in touch with what you want and to really know how you want to shift and make your life that way so it's more fulfilling. I think that makes so much sense. I always think of divorce as being the intersection between what was and what will be and that in that intersection is the opportunity to take a real assessment of who I now am now that I've been through this marriage. Maybe I've had children. Maybe, you know, years have passed. I live in a different place. I've experienced different things. And now what my thoughts about what life are, this is the time to reassess that, like maybe when you graduated from college or something like that and think, you know, what do I want to do? Where do I want to be? Who do I want to be? And and take steps to be that person and live that life. Right, exactly. Because, you know, so many times we're, we're just living off an old model. <laughs> and, you know, and, and that can happen, you know, in a marriage where you're just, you know, you're, you're stuck, you're both in a, this holding pattern and you're able to get out of the marriage. It's kind of this, yeah, new lease on life where you can all of a sudden be the person that you were holding back from being, you know, self-actualization. You just, you're, you, you take it to a different level. And you even just recognize that person more clearly than you did when you were younger. So I think that's, right. that's really helpful. I'm Catherine Miller. You're listening to Divorce Dialogues. We're here on WBOX 1460 AM, alternate Wednesdays from 5 to 5.30. And we're also available as a podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as on the podcast website, divorcedialogues.com. And I'm talking today with Robin Gardner. She's a certified divorce coach and professional coach, and we're talking about strategies to help you survive and thrive through divorce and certainly to help it make it better and avoid a common mistake. We're talking about eight of these strategies that Robin has put together today. And so um, we've been through, through three, connect with your best self and limit the power of the ego, ending the blame game, defining your needs and meeting them with your new self. So, Robin, what's the fourth one? 
Okay, so the fourth one is stop punishing yourself and allow happiness and pleasure. So oftentimes people are mad at themselves for the marriage not working and they can secretly punish themselves and withhold happiness and pleasure. They can also take it out on themselves when they're angry at their spouse, so it gets misdirected. And when it comes to anger, sadness, or any other feeling, it's important, you know, to acknowledge it, but you don't have to stay in that emotion. So allow yourself to experience the full range of feelings, but just be willing to bring in some happiness and some pleasure. It's okay to receive some good things, you know, you need to. So I was um, working with a client who was literally punishing herself for a failed marriage, and she wasn't even aware that she was doing this. She was feeling guilty about meeting her needs and allowing herself pleasure because she was just basically stuck in the same pattern that she was accustomed to in the marriage. And even though she wanted to change, it was difficult because she would default to how she was used to behaving, which is what most people do. You have a default button and you go back to what you're used to. It's just easier. So we began working first on forgiving herself and then working on giving herself permission to literally be happy and receive pleasure that that was okay. And we just introduced some practices that she could use daily to support this mindset of self-love and receiving. And then she was able to, you know, feel better overall. Yeah, I mean, I think that's really interesting because one thing that I've experienced with my clients over the years is that it's the divorce is disorienting. Is I mean, your life is changing, and even your feelings are disorienting because sometimes you're hurt and angry and anxious, and you know the things that we normally, the emotions that we normally associate with divorce. But other times you might feel relieved, happy, free, and I think sometimes people feel guilty about that, you know. Even if they're the ones not choosing the divorce, it's okay to feel maybe this would be a good thing in some ways. Yes, exactly. You know, there's, like you said, there's such a range of emotions. And, you know, one minute you can be sad and the next minute you could actually feel the relief or, you know, be able to bring some happiness in and, and feel that as well. And it's okay. <laughs> That's okay. It's okay to have, you know, go in and out of these emotions and to actually have some time for you to enjoy, enjoy the moments that you can. You know, one thing, Robin Gardner, that I've heard you say so far several times is really having your emotions is okay. They're your emotions. You're allowed to have them. And punishing yourself for having them or trying not to have them isn't going to help you get through the divorce. Am I hearing that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not worth judging them. And and the thing about emotions are they come and they go. You don't have to give them as much power that you think you, you need to. They are part of life. They're, they're what makes us human. But it's okay to have all different emotions and to not be so caught into them where they overtake you. Yeah, so that you have them, but they don't drive you. Right, exactly. You know, and, and the right. thing about that yeah. is as long as you can acknowledge them, let them feel heard because essentially you just need to feel heard. Everyone wants to be heard and your emotions yeah. especially want to be heard. So when they, you know, when you can actually just be with them and it doesn't have to be for a long time, 
they can actually pass through you. Emotions are energy. They flow, and they will flow easier when you just allow them to do that. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. All right, what's the next, the fifth? All right, so, hey, this was a perfect lead-in because the fifth (laughs) one is self-emotional practices. (laughs) So the first part of this is be more loving to yourself. And part of being more loving is more compassionate and more forgiving. And with that is be less judging. You're not expected to do this divorce thing perfectly. That's the thing. You're going to slip up and make mistakes, and it's okay. You don't know what you don't know. You know, this is like a new thing typically. So it's like you just have to go easy on yourself is what I said. Typically, you wouldn't know what to do, and I say unless you're a divorce professional, but, you know, even if you are an expert, you're still going to have a reaction because you're human. That's what this is about. So it's really just meeting yourself where you're at and being okay with that. Yeah, I think that's sometimes really hard for people to do to let themselves like feel like they can make mistakes and it's okay because it's not going to necessarily matter that much in the end as mm-hmm. long as they write it. Right. So it's just it really comes down to when you're giving to yourself emotionally in this way and and you're being more loving to yourself, you're filling your love tank up, I say, and you're just going to be better all around. You're going to be better for yourself. You're going to be better for your kids. You're going to model this behavior and you're going to be a better parent. I'm Catherine Miller, and this is Divorce Dialogues. We're here on WVOX 1460 AM every other Wednesday from 5 to 5.30, and we're also available as a podcast wherever podcasts are available. And I'm talking today with Robin Gardner about strategies to help you manage divorce. And Robin, if people are interested in learning more about your work or about you, how can they do that? Okay, so they can reach me on my website, which is thedivorcecoachrobin.com. They can also call me. My phone number is 201-612-6700. And I can be reached by email, which is robin, R-O-B-I-N, at thedivorcecoachrobin.com. Great. And I think we've got three more strategies that we have time to make it through today. So what's the next one? Okay. So the sixth one is choose your words wisely. Words are powerful. So every time you repeat your story to your friends, family, and professionals, it's going to keep you in that energy. And that energy can leave you feeling drained and unhappy. I say always choose your words wisely because you want to be able to move forward and and not stay stuck in this pattern of negativity if you keep saying, you know, these powerful words, which could be negative. So I was working with a client who specifically used to say, you would always use these strong terms. And she would describe her situation. I remember her saying, and it was very disempowering for her. And she mentioned feeling like a prisoner of war and that she was in a box that she couldn't get out of. And we had to use several, you know, techniques, and we were able to reframe her words and her perspective. And, you know, by the end, she was able to feel empowered because she needed to create 
new choices and options because she felt so stuck, but she needed other options for issues relating to co-parenting. And we were able to open her up so she didn't feel like she was in this box anymore. Wow, that's really interesting, that the power of words. Because when I first read this, I thought, okay, you're talking about choosing the words you say to each other wisely. But I think what you're talking about is you're telling your story, you're retelling your story every time you tell it, and that you can paint it as yourself as a victim, you can paint it yourself as a as an actor or proactive in what, any way that you want, and that the words that you use impact how you feel and then maybe how you act. Correct. Yes. Uh, what you said is true, too, though. I mean, you know, choosing your words wisely in all areas, especially when you're speaking with your spouse, is very important as well. But, yes, you know, I was looking, you know, when I shared this is how you use these words to define your life and, and what you're doing in that moment and how that keeps to keeping you in a certain pattern if you're not careful. So let's go to the seventh one, which is a deep yes. breath. Okay, so you want to take a deep breath. And I say, don't ever underestimate the power of a calming breath. So when in doubt and you're in the heat of the moment, you need to pause and take a deep breath. And I'm not going to just say one. More than one would even be better. And to do this, and the reason why you're doing this really, is to help you connect with yourself. When you're fully connected in the moment, and you're fully present, you're going to be less reactive. And this is going to help you relax and to think more clearly because you need to think clearly to make these big decisions. And with everything that's going on, you always want to stay connected to yourself as much as possible. So deep breathing. Okay, I think that's very helpful too because it just slows things down inside your head and inside your reactivity and gives you a chance to get back in, in control of yourself and therefore right. maybe in control of the situation. Yeah, yeah. All right. So the eighth one is take action. So it feels good to complete the tasks and the paperwork of divorce. It's really empowering because it frees up your energy because you're able to create this forward movement. And this can be like your case information statements, the co-parenting plans, you know, whether you're researching attorneys or mediators, whatever it is, take that action step, okay? And when you do it, make sure that you plan for it. So just set the intention to work a specific amount of time to do it and set this limit. Because if you don't set the limit, sometimes you can just keep going and you don't feel like you ever finish it. And then reward yourself, which is great. After you've done this task, you'll feel so much better. The other thing that can uh, be part of this action is it might be an interchange that needs to happen between you and your spouse. Doing this, you will feel so much relief if you can have this interchange. So I was working with a client and his needs, he never felt his needs were being met in his marriage. And he wanted to talk about divorce with his wife, but he was literally too afraid to do it. He never felt comfortable sharing his feelings because he had this fear that she would criticize him and, you know, she would want him to justify his position. So his stress level was through the roof and he couldn't, because he couldn't speak candidly with her and he was stuck in this holding pattern. So he wanted to find his voice and be heard. So he literally hired me so that he could have this discussion with her and I was able to help him stop focusing on the outcome and her reaction and to just speak his truth from his heart because that's what he could control. 
And no one can argue with that. So we worked on, you know, ways that lowered his stress level and we did some role playing techniques for their dialogue. We continued to work together throughout his divorce and he was able to reach a timely and satisfying resolution because he learned how to confidently share his feelings and express his needs. That's really a great story. So in our last few seconds, Robin, why why work with a divorce coach instead of a therapist? And, and what's the difference? But it's got to be quick. <laughs> okay. Well, a divorce coach is trained in the business of divorce, and they'll also help you manage your emotions. And they understand what it means to keep you focused on your goals, and to they're able to manage the process so that you get the results that you want. Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, this is, it's really, it seems like it's, it's therapeutic, but focus on getting to the to the goal of a good divorce. Yeah. And Robin I want to... Go ahead, quickly. I want to say also that um, you don't realize this right away, but you will definitely, everyone out there, you will definitely learn and grow from this experience in so many positive ways. And, you know, don't let the divorce consume your life because your life is more important than the divorce. Those are wise words. Robin Gardner, thank you so much. Thank you, Catherine.